All right. Let's, uh, if you want to turn here to Luke chapter 23, I'm just going to read one verse here Luke 23:34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, the thought I wanted to ask you today is are people a burden to you or do you have a burden for people? Are people a burden to you or do you have a burden for people? You could say it another way. Are are you weighed down because of people or are you weighed down for people? Are you upset about their sins or are you praying for their sins? You know, this verse here, Jesus on the cross, it's shocking really. You know, Jesus is being crucified. He's been slandered. Uh, They've been trying to kill him for a while. People did not listen to what he had to say. Uh, They tried to trick him into saying the wrong thing or Uh, They accused him falsely of all these different things. And then they're making fun of him as he's dying on the cross. And he prays that God will forgive him. It's very encouraging. And if you think about the life of Jesus, it's a pattern in his life. You don't read his life and come away feeling like, yeah, Jesus was here on earth and... He put up with all those people and they were a real burden to him, but he did it, you know. No, you don't feel like that at all, you know. He he consistently loved people. And, you know, you think about Matthew uh, 23, he's coming into Jerusalem. And what does he do? He doesn't pray, God, you know how bad these people have treated me. And I'm just feeling real down because of, you know, all the things that they've said and done towards me. I didn't deserve it. No, he prayed. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that stones the prophets. If you would have come to me, I would have gathered you as a hen gathered. I gathered her chicks, but you were not willing. It's like he's lamenting over them missing out on good. Not all the things they've done to him. Jesus' disciples. In Matthew, at the end of Matthew 26, he's praying. He's about to go to the cross. He's praying and and he asks them, please pray with me. And they keep falling asleep. And he doesn't say, haven't I done so much for you? Can't you just do this one thing for me for an hour? He tells he tells him, well, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that you might not enter into temptation. It's like, even though they're not entering into prayer for him, he's concerned about them. You know, it's like, well, at least pray that you won't enter into temptation. He's it's pretty amazing there that he's thinking about them at the time where he's agonized, you know. 
over his own death. Jesus dying on the cross says to John and his mother, Behold your mother. He's, he's, he's thinking about his mom and who could take care of her once he's dead, as he's dying. And he didn't say something to John about, well, you deserted me. At least the least you could do is take care of my mom. It's it's just compassion. He just he really cares about others. It's it's encouraging. It's encouraging for us because Jesus doesn't look at us as a burden. He actually loves us. You know, children are a lot of work, but parents don't call their children this burden or anything. It's a joy, you know. It's a joy to help them and teach them and feed them because you love them. And that's really where this came from. All these, Jesus' response is out of love. He really loves people. And I'm thinking in terms of this passage specifically about the lost. I mean, he's praying for people who are literally killing him. And so, what can we learn from this? Well, we want to be like Jesus, right? So we don't want people to be a burden to us. We want to actually care for them, have a burden for them. So first, number one, what can we do? Think about others. Think about others. That's where we have to start. Here, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is actually thinking about others as He's dying. Jesus was going through the very worst thing that any person ever went through, the wrath of God on the cross. Hell poured out on Him. And what is He doing? He's thinking about others. If there's any person at any time in history who could have had a pity party or just been thinking about themselves, how hard it is, it was Jesus right here. But he's thinking about others. So for us to have this mindset to not have people to be a burden in our lives, we have to begin just to think about them. Just to think about others. You know, uh, it's easy to just get caught thinking about ourselves. If you go into the grocery store and in your mind you slip into, it's all about me, I'm here to do this, I'm trying to get this done, I'm trying to go here, then every person that gets in your way or the cashier that has to call to the back for a price check, you know, on ten different things or whatever they become a burden to you because you're not really thinking about them. You're thinking about you. And so for us to have this mindset of Jesus, we just have to begin by just thinking about others. Just ask yourself this morning, when you came in, were you thinking about you or were you thinking about others? It's so easy to slip into, it's it's about me today. I'm... I'm doing this today, here's my goal today, here's... And not see people around you just as other people. 
and just recognize them. Look, there's people. There's people around me. There's other people here. Number two. So, once we begin to think about others, we need to think about them as souls in relation to God. That's what Jesus says here. He's he's thinking about their soul. He's thinking about them as an eternal soul who's standing before God. And he's asking God to forgive them. Well, it's natural. It's natural to begin to think differently if you see people as souls. It changes your priorities. I mean, think about... Think about the cashier example. Okay, here's a cashier who has an eternal soul, is either going to be right with God, have peace with God, know God, or is miserable now, does not know God. As Ephesians says, they're without hope and without God in the world. If you think about them as a soul, does your ten minutes or five minutes or two minutes where does that weigh in the balance? It's not even close, you know. Somebody could insult you, you know, and it causes you pain, naturally. It may cause you a lot of pain. But whenever you begin to think about them as an eternal soul, that starts to get smaller. And the person that, you, that you're encountering, they, be, they become more important. Than, than our inconvenience or our hurt feelings. It's also easier, I think, to really want good for people when you see them as an eternal soul. There's no person that you meet that if you really begin to think about them as an eternal soul, you would really say, yeah, they're an eternal soul and I really do want them to go to hell. That's not true. You know, if you if you know God at all, you want good for people, especially when you think about them as an eternal soul. You don't want them to go to hell. You want good for them. What else? Pray for them. Number 3, pray for them. That's what Jesus did here. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to think about others. We need to think about them as souls. And then, if that happens, it's natural to begin to pray for them, isn't it? Pray for the cashier in line. To, to get to this place, to get to the place where when you're going through the line and you're praying for the cashier, you have to what first at least think, that they're, think about them as a person. See them as an eternal soul and then you can begin to pray for them. And not just pray for them, pray that God would bless them. Pray that God would do good to them. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about specifically here is uh, a lot of times when people become a burden to us, it's because they mistreat us or they make things more difficult or in some way they're affecting us in a way that we perceive as negative. Well, here's Jesus on the cross. You know, they're... There's nothing in our life that compares to this. No one, no one's crucifying us. People 
by probably mistreating you. But if we can see Jesus here loving the people who, who are mistreating him, then we can use that as an example for us to love the people who make our life harder than it would be or who mistreat us and pray good for them. Pray for the person who insults you. Pray, Lord, I want you to bless them. I would guess there most people have people at their jobs that make their job harder. And it would be easy to begin to see those people as a burden. But we don't want that. We want to begin and ask God to help us. God, I want to pray for this person. I want to pray good for him and I want to mean it. I really want you to bless this person. You know, that's kind of a good measure for our own hearts. Because if, if someone rubs us wrong, if someone treats us wrong, and we can't pray with our heart, with our whole heart, good for them, we haven't forgiven them, right? Something's wrong. Well, let's pray for them. And then, this one might be the most shocking, this might be the most shocking part to me, for Try and see their perspective. Try and think about why they're doing what they're doing. It's amazing to me here that Jesus says, look at this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's like Jesus is seeing their sin. He's saying, yeah, they're sinning, but they don't realize what they're doing. He's not saying they're not sinning. He doesn't say, he says they need to be forgiven. But he's, elite, he's, he, he's thinking about them to the extent that he's putting the, himself in their shoes and seeing they don't realize they're killing the best thing that ever happened to the world. They don't realize that I'm, I'm their savior, I'm their shepherd. I mean, it's beyond just thinking about people. It's, it's, taking, it's taking it to the next level. It's thinking... Well, why are why are they doing this? Why do they act like this? And the vast majority of the time, if you begin to really think about people and where they came from and what what they're doing, you begin to be you begin to empathize with them, not excuse them. Jesus didn't excuse them here, but he at least is feeling something about their ignorance, and he's it's compassion. It's amazing. So I'll give you an example for me. Um, it's easy for me, and part of the reason I'm preaching this is to myself, to get burdened by my students, by things they say that weighs me down or it bothers me. But if I just spend a little bit of time thinking about them, not about just me, not just about, you're making my day hard. You're making my job hard. But to think, this, per, this is a person who is a soul who's going to stand before God. And to begin to try and pray for him, pray good for him. And to see their perspective. The vast majority of people who, who become a burden in terms of how they act have had terrible lives. 
you know, the people that you're walking down the aisle at uh, Aldi's. Just this last week, I was at Aldi's and I saw this wasn't it didn't happen to me. It happened to somebody else. Somebody said, "Hey, I'll give you my cart, or I'll give you my cart for a quarter," and they said, "I couldn't hear what the person said, but they said no or something." And the and the it was an older person. I don't think they heard him, and they said, "Oh well, that's okay. You can just have the cart." And then the person yelled at this older person, like really angrily, "I don't want the cart!" Yelled just within thirty seconds of meeting this person. What what caused that person to do that? I would be very, very surprised if that person is uh, living in a you know normal functioning loving home that person for that person to react like that i would be very surprised if their life is not miserable and whenever you begin to know people you begin to see you can see even deeper into why you know they act the way they do why is this person so needy well you find out because Nobody ever cared about him. You know? Why does this person do this or do that? And you begin to see the pattern. You begin to see, well, I can at least, doesn't excuse it, but I can definitely see why they, they would do that. You know, think about Jesus. He could have given... Jesus knew everything about these people. He could have focused on all the reasons they knew better. He he could have said, "Yeah, but this and this and this and this and this," and you could you at least know this. But what did he focus on? He focused on it could have been maybe just the one thing that uh, that they were ignorant of what they're actually doing. He could have said something like. Well, they at least know. Uh, they at least know that mocking someone as you're killing them is wrong, even if it's just a man. But he didn't. He focused on well that they don't know that I'm God. They they really don't believe it. Well, our natural tendency is to withdraw or to retaliate whenever things. People act towards us in a way that's that's wrong, but Jesus doesn't do either one of those here. He doesn't retaliate. He doesn't withdraw. He actually enters in to uh, that person's life. It's the opposite of withdrawing. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about you. I'm gonna uh, pray for you. I'm gonna try and think about your perspective. And he doesn't retaliate. He doesn't say something back. He actually wants good for them. He prays something good for them. We want to be like Jesus. Remember the good Samaritan? He's on his way somewhere. And the priest, there's a guy beat by the side of the road and the priest walks by. and and um, But... The good Samaritan doesn't. The good Samaritan picks him up, puts him on his horse, cleans his wounds, takes him to the inn, says, I'll pay for, you know, whatever. 
I mean, that guy was a burden, right? Is that a burden? Is that guy a burden to have to go out of your way, to spend your money, to take your time, to get your horse all bloody? Yeah, that's a burden. You think about... Think, just think about the awkwardness. That guy was just lying there. It says he was naked. You know, they stripped him of all his clothes. I mean, that's a burden. It's awkward. You don't want to help that guy. Not if you're thinking about yourself. But then if you think about him as a person, as a soul, you want to help him. That's the difference. Well, let's just finish by thinking about this. Why are we here? Aren't we here for people? Are we here to get in and get out of the grocery store as fast as we can? Are we here to build you know, big houses or get the awards at our job or whatever? No, we're here for people. If God came to you today and said, you can either... Go to heaven right now. Never suffer again. Never have to see another person wrong you again or deal with anyone you know that's hard to deal with again. Or you could stay and you could love them while they have time left to still repent and know me. Wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to go and be with the people that are mean to you and and the people that are hard to deal with because you really, it's worth it. You would. And God's given us those opportunities. You know, one other thing I might add is it seems like in general the people that we begin to feel like are a burden are the people that we should most be burdened for. It's like, It's like they're screaming, pay attention to me, care about me. Something's wrong in my life, in my soul. I don't want to meet God on Judgment Day. And the people He put in my life that I'm supposed to be loving, I've been doing the opposite. I've been not just indifferent toward, but feeling like, man, I kind of wish this person wasn't here. I wish this person wasn't in my life. That's not good. You know, what if God told you, hey, this person is so difficult, but I put them in your life because you're the one. Out of all the people in the world, I wanted you to love them. That would be so sad not to do it. But we can know that's true, right? Jesus said that we're supposed to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. And Jesus decided who that was going to be. Jesus placed your neighbors around, all the people around you. He has said, this person is here in your life because you're supposed to love them. And I don't want that, I don't want that person to be a burden when I'm supposed to be a burden for them. Caring for them. Well, let's just end by just praying together and just thinking about this. I I would be surprised if there aren't 
aren't people in your life who you do feel like they're a burden, whether consciously or unconsciously. People that when they don't show up to work, you kind of have a sigh of relief. Or when they don't come to a meeting. Uh, or, you know, whatever. It's not right. It's not right. We want to be like Jesus. So let's pray together. Lord, just want to ask forgiveness. Please, Lord, forgive. Forgive me for uh, thinking about some of my students as a burden and, and uh, just not praying for them, not loving them like I should. Lord, ask for forgiveness for just not thinking about people like we should. Lord, help us to be conscious of all the people you put around us. Help us to have our priorities straight. Have people be at the top and not our comfort. Lord, we need help. Lord, we want to be intercessors like you were praying on behalf of people who aren't even praying for themselves. Lord, we want to pray. We don't want people to say, nobody prayed for me. We want to, we want to be praying. Lord, we need love like you loved. We can't. We can just confess, Lord, from our own heart. We're not like this. We're not like you. We don't love people like you love people. So we need you to help us by your spirit. F fill us with your spirit. Supernatural love and, and compassion on people. Lord, we don't want to respond. We don't want to respond respond with bad treatment with bad treatment we want to do good to those who hate us and we need help lord help us we want to do it from the heart we want to be cheerful givers we don't want to be begrudging servants we just hand all these things to you lord we need help we pray that this would be more of a reality this next year in our lives and um, just pray you might make us more like you Amen.